welcome to the to this podcast by the uh, American Society of Nuclear Cardiology. Um, this uh, this is a quick glance at select topics in this issue of the Journal of Nuclear Cardiology for the September October uh, issue of 2019. I am Fadi Haig from the Birmingham VA and the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Yeah, hi. This is Pradeep Bamvani. I'm from uh, the University of Alabama at Birmingham from the uh, Department of Radiology. This pod- this podcast is also available uh, online uh, in our journal and and in the physical journal um, for you to review the uh, the issue. To start with, we realize that many of you do not have time to read all journals or attend all national meetings. For this reason, every issue of our journal has two types of literature review. One of those will summarize recent key nuclear cardiology articles that have been published in journals other than ours. And the second will outline select publications in the general cardiovascular disease literature that have relevance to our field. We also have in the journal uh, uh, a historical corner, which in this issue looks at the career and scientific contributions of two uh, giants in the field, uh, Dr. Barry Zaret and Dr. William Strauss. The international cor- uh, corner uh, manuscript uh, notes the high prevalence of comorbidities, uh, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, smoking, dyslipidemia, and prior MI in uh, almost 2,000 patients with suspected or known ischemic heart disease that present for SPECT-MPI uh, in a large teaching hospital uh, in Mexico City. These manuscripts are also complemented by a great selection of original articles with accompanying editorials, brief reports, uh, what is this image, and images that teach, and a CME review paper by uh, Dr. Manabi and colleagues from Japan. Many of the original articles uh, have also a PowerPoint slide that you can access online and use for uh, teaching uh, or uh, for reviewing the articles. The abstract of the lead original article, which would be reviewed by uh, Dr. Bamvani in a, uh, in a minute um, uh, from the Netherlands, has been translated into Spanish, Chinese, and French in response to the requests from the international readership. Uh, also included in this uh, in this issue are summaries of se- of a selection of nuclear cardiology abstracts from the scientific sessions of the Society of Nuclear Medicine and Molecular Imaging, which were held in California. Uh, the case presentation corner discusses hybrid imaging with PET-MR uh, for the diagnosis and management of cardiac sarcoid. So, in addition to these, we will uh, s- uh, review today a select- selected paper from the journal, but in the actual journal, there are many other uh, uh, articles that are available for, for your review. And we're, we do not review all of these uh, in the podcast. Thanks, Fadi. Um, the first manuscript is the lead paper that looks at um, respiratory motion and um, its effects on myocardial perfusion imaging. Uh, we all know that both uh, all kinds of motion can cause um, image blurring during myocardial perfusion imaging and uh, that includes respiratory motion as well. And uh, these uh, motion artifacts can negatively affect the diagnostic performance of uh, myocardial perfusion imaging. Now, uh, Song et al. from uh, the Netherlands, um, they they look at uh, um, whether there is any benefit in respiratory motion correction both with standard and reduced uh, radiopharmaceutical doses for the detection of myocardial uh, perfusion defects. Um, They utilize two different reconstruction methods. Um, uh, One 
looked at uh, post reconstruction motion correction where the motion correction was applied after the images uh, are obtained uh, from the individual respiratory bins um, and um, uh, the other uh, which is motion compensated reconstruction where the projection data from uh, differing or different respiratory bins are used simultaneously for reconstruction. Um, the investigators, uh, when they look at uh, both the full and the reduced tracer doses uh, image sets, find that uh, motion correction could achieve higher perfusion defect accuracy over traditional non-motion corrected acquisitions. Thus, the investigators uh, suggest that use of respiratory motion correction can allow for a use of uh, tracer dose reductions while maintaining the diagnostic accuracy in traditional SPECT MPI reconstruction. Very nice. The second article um, is about MIBG imaging. Um, as we all know, a decreased uh, quantitative uh, heart to mediastinal ratio of less than 1.6 uh, derived from a four-hour delayed uh, planar acquisition is a strong predictor of poor outcomes in patients with stable class two to three heart failure with LVEF less than 35% compared to those with a higher HM ratio. In this uh, issue of the journal, Bateman and colleagues uh, perform a 10 center study to assess the test three, test reproducibility of MIBG derived HM ratio in 47 stable heart failure subjects uh, on planar imaging at uh, three hours, 50 minutes following the intravenous administration. All subjects were imaged twice, uh, between five and 14 days apart, and a second image was performed with the same radionuclide dose and on the same camera system. The results demonstrate that the planar uh, HM ratio is highly consistent measurement when the clinical circumstances are stable. The variation between the scans was less than 0.1, and as a secondary endpoint, no safety concerns were identified with repeat MIBG administration. So this, this data is reassuring that the that the, that the measurement is reproducible. Now, obviously, as stated, this has to this was done using the same dose, using the same camera, um, and using the same system. Well, the next manuscript uh, looks at a somewhat uh, uncommon entity in North America, um, uh, i.e., Chagas disease, um, which is endemic in many regions of Latin America, and in its chronic phase leads to a dilated cardiomyopathy uh, that is seen two to three decades after the initial infection. Uh, prior studies have demonstrated a high rate of ischemic perfusion defects, anywhere between 30 and 50 percent in chronic Chagas disease patients, um, along with normal subepicardial coronary arteries found on angiography, suggesting that the perfusion disturbances are are likely related to coronary microvascular dysfunction. Now, Tanaka and colleagues from Brazil investigate whether the myocardial perfusion defects seen in chronic Chagas disease precede LV systolic dysfunction and also test the hypothesis that prolonged use of diperidamol, uh, which was given as an intraperitoneal injection uh, of um, uh, four milligram per kilo twice a day for 30 days could reduce uh, the myocardial perfusion defects in an experimental hamster model of chronic Chagas cardiomyopathy. 
Their study results showed that uh, resting myocardial perfusion defects are frequent and they precede the development of LV systolic dysfunction. The areas with perfusion defects, however, were topographically unrelated to regional myocardial fibrosis uh, at histopathology and uh, prolonged administration of diperdamol, which is an antiplatelet and a vasodilator agent, was associated with a significant reduction of the resting perfusion defects indicating uh, presence of viable myocardium and confirming the role of microvascular dysfunction uh, in chronic Chargas cardiomyopathy. It's an interesting use of diperidamol for imaging as well as for treatment. Correct, yes. Good. The next, the following article is on attenuation correction. As, as we all know, attenuation correction can be, uh, can be used to improve the diagnostic performance of imaging. Uh, so low-dose transmission CT uh, enables uh, attenuation correction in the combined SPECT-CT camera system. So Wang and colleagues from Taiwan evaluated the diagnostic performance of thallium uh, MPI with CT attenuation correction compared to non-attenuation correction imagings and determined which participants would be most uh, would most benefit from this. Uh, so in Taiwan, uh, uh, myocardial perfusion imaging is mostly performed using thallium rather than uh, technetium with dipyridamol stress because of the lower cost and the single injection for stress redistribution studies. So in this study, a total of 108 consecutive patients who underwent thallium MPI uh, and received angiography within three months were enrolled. Results showed that the CT attenuation correction improved the area under the curve, uh, primarily due to significant improvement in specificity from, uh, from 57% to 78%, and an insignificant difference in sensitivity um, from 82% to 79%. In subgroup analysis, a CT attenuation correction was most helpful in obese subjects, in men, and, and in those with right coronary artery lesions. So these, these findings support the use of, of uh, attenuation correction with thallium MPI for, uh, for thallium MPI when used, when, when, when used in Taiwan. You know, we can definitely make a case for more CT-based attenuation correction in myocardial perfusion imaging, at least in, at least in the U.S. Um, the next manuscript looks at uh, cardiac testing for patients with chest discomfort uh, who are at low risk for acute coronary syndrome. And now, uh, this, um, um, this subgroup uh, uh, is always a challenge um, and the challenges uh, involve uh, judgments in safety, resource utilization, and value. Now, um, low-risk patients uh, are defined as those who are hemodynamically stable, free of arrhythmias or ischemic ECG changes, and have negative initial cardiac biomarkers. Now, Krishnan and colleagues from Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston study the utilization of stress testing in 292 low-risk patients with chest discomfort in the emergency um, setting, emergency room setting. 31% uh, of the uh, exams were exercise treadmill tests without imaging, and 69% were either pharmacologic or exercise uh, stress testing with myocardial perfusion imaging. Uh, about 11% had stress tests that were positive for ischemia, 
and 4% underwent diagnostic cardiac catheterization. Of the uh, total 292 pa patients, uh, only 1.4% uh, of patients uh, underwent coronary revascularization that may have resulted in a mortality benefit, um, i.e. these were patients who had multivessel coronary disease. And the, the data in this subgroup uh, of patients suggests that a low yield of detecting significant, clinically significant coronary disease and the need for subsequent revascularization from stress testing of these low-risk patients in the emergency room chest pain unit setting um, uh, suggests potential overutilization of stress testing. Um, better risk stratification example, if there were a history of coronary disease prior to stress testing, may improve the value of care provided to this low-risk population in emergency departments and chest pain units worldwide. Uh, somewhat controversial issue, uh, but uh, definitely uh, a very practical. And as you mentioned, this is a very challenging population. And, you know, these stress tests are done in this population to reassure the patients and the physicians. Absolutely. That low risk, it becomes, we all know they're low risk, but you need this extra reassurance that they are low risk. <laughs> Uh, the next article in, is on diabetic cardiomyopathy. Uh, diabetic cardiomyopathy is a well-known entity. It encompasses the preclinical left ventricular diastolic dysfunction, followed by apparent systolic dysfunction, and finally, symptomatic cardiac failure in the absence of coronary disease or significant valvular disease or hypertension. Uh, circadian SPECT MPI has been uh, shown useful uh, non uh, technique for the providing uh, full automated and reproducible a phase analysis in the evaluation of left ventricular mechanical dyssynchrony and can help identify the subset of patients who might be candidates for cardiac revascularization therapy. Prior data suggests that, that dyssynchrony might represent the early uh, phase of diabetic cardiomyopathy in asymptomatic patients. Uh, dyssynchrony has also been recognized as an independent factor for cardiac events. So Malik and colleagues from India evaluated the prevalence and risk factors of left ventricular mechanical dyssynchrony in long-standing type 2 diabetes patients with normal gated technetium uh, SPECT MPI. A total of 146 patients, um, 86 of which had type 2 diabetes for more than five years and 60, uh, and 60 non-diabetics, were retrospectively studies. Left ventricular mechanical dyssynchrony was detected in 28% of diabetic patients um, and, um, and using predefined uh, pre cutoffs for uh, phase standard deviation and phase bandwidth. Uh, uh, these cutoffs were derived from the controls. So hyperlipidemia, overweight, obesity, um, and duration of diabetes, and long-term complications of diabetes, such as nephropathy, neuropathy, and retinopathy, were all independently associated with the presence of nephropathicular mechanical desynchrony on phase analysis with the uh, highest risk factor being long-term complication, which has an odds ratio of 28 uh, with a significant p-value. Thus, the presence of mechanical desynchrony in asymptomatic diabetic patients with preserved LV volumes and function may have an important role in the early pathogenesis and should prompt the aggressive management of, for the prevention of diabetic cardiomyopathy with the hope that this will prevent the, the, the subsequent development of systolic dysfunction and heart failure in the future. The next manuscript uh, also looks at um, 
myocardial perfusion imaging um, using CT-based attenuation correction, uh, which is done to uh, reduce attenuation artifacts and to improve uh, specificity of uh, MPI. However, uh, whenever we use CT-based attenuation correction, and the issue of incidental findings always uh, raises its head. And this manuscript uh, looks at the uh, uh, precisely that um, feature of incidental non-cardiac findings on these uh, attenuation-corrected CT images. And these findings often um, represent a diagnostic and reporting dilemma. Now, Julie Hay and colleagues from uh, Connecticut, USA, conducted a single-center um, prospective cohort quality control project um, at the West Haven VA Medical Center in Connecticut to evaluate the presence to evaluate the prevalence of, cl of clinically actionable non-cardiac incidental findings on the low-dose CT-based attenuation-corrected images that were obtained during uh, my MPI studies in 771 veteran patients. In addition, they also compared the inter-reader agreement between uh, cardiologists and an over-reading radiologist in identifying these incidental findings. The readers were specifically asked to identify a, a fixed set of uh, extracardiac incidental findings, which included pulmonary nodules that were both less and greater than 10 millimeters, uh, extracardiac mass of any type, um, a hiatal hernia, uh, an aortic aneurysm, and pleural plaques. On the, 500, on the 771 scans that were performed over eight months, a total of 285 incidental non-cardiac findings were identified by interpreting cardiologists, and 378 were identified by the interpreting radiologist. Pulmonary nodules were the most common and occurred in about 20% of the studies read by the radiologists. Interreader agreement between cardiologists and radiologists were poor for pulmonary nodules that were greater than 10 millimeters and hiatal hernias and were fair uh, for pulmonary nodules less than 10 millimeters, which is somewhat surprising because you'd expect uh, the discrepancy to be greater for smaller nodules rather than lar larger nodules. And the discrepancy was also there uh, for um, extracardiac masses uh, um, and aortic aneurysms and uh, a moderate for a, a pleural plaques. Overall, the incidental non-cardiac findings on uh, these uh, attenuation-corrected CTs were found commonly in a veteran population occurring in over 40% of patients, and a majority of these were previously unknown. Although interreader agreement for any of the abnormal uh, CT, CT findings was fair overall, there was uh, appreciable variability. And the authors suggest that specific training guidelines are needed on how these attenuation-corrected CTs should be read and reported by cardiologists. You know, personally, I feel that attenuation-corrected CTs uh, really improve uh, image quality and overall diagnostic performance. I personally feel that uh, the learning curve for uh, these attenuation-corrected CTs is not that steep. 
and maybe the the maybe asnic can take the initiative you know and get uh, uh, some training uh, provided to its members uh, during its annual meetings or even online i think it's not a high bar to surmount uh, for 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 cardiologists which are b- by far highly intelligent and uh, and motivated professionals yeah, and these are not these are not full full ct quality i mean these are exactly uh, exactly yeah yeah there's a narrow narrow field of view uh, for these images anyway right but it, the key is, is training if 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 the if the reader is trained to read these whether it's a cardiologist or otherwise then they should be able to but if they're not exposed to the cts it's going to be very hard to to identify uh, these extra cardiac findings specifically great the 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 next paper is on uh, the dynamic changes in global and regional lv contractility seen during stress conditions, uh, which have been shown to be strong predictors of adverse outcomes in a wide range of cardiovascular conditions, including coronary disease, dilated cardiomyopathy, and valvular dysfunction. Nukulu et al. from Switzerland evaluated the feasibility of measuring LVEF and its accuracy to detect clinically relevant changes um, during a standard dobutamine stress protocol assessed by real-time high-speed gated uh, spec using the CZT camera and compared it with rest dobutamine cardiac MRI as standard of reference. As we all know, the uh, sodium iodine uh, crystal gamma gamma cameras require uh, a long acquisition time of 15 minutes or more, which precludes a true real-time assessment of LV function uh, and diameter during maximal stress. The later later generation of spec cameras that use the CZT uh, detector technology offer ultra-fast uh, imaging, which may be done in three minutes and sometimes even shorter, which then could potentially uh, be used to uh, to detect EF at, at peak stress or even sequentially during the butamine stress. So in this study, 50 consecutive patients were referred for SPECT-MPI and were un- enrolled for this feasibility study. The authors found excellent correlation and agreement between the CZT and MRI, both for uh, for rest EF values. And also EF during high dobutamine stress acquisition using CZT camera correlated better to high dobutamine stress CMR uh, EF than did the post-stress CZT EF, uh, which indicated that that the post-stress, uh, that the actual peak stress uh, EF on CZT actually correlates better with CMR. So the real-time uh, ultra-fast dobutamine stress-gated SPECT-MPI with CZT device is both feasible and actually provides accurate measurements of LV performance during peak stress. And, and this will you know, open the way for using this parameter for prognostication uh, in this patient population. Yeah, nice manuscript. Uh, switching gears uh, to uh, uh, infiltrative cardiac amyloidosis, um, we all know that uh, technetium-based bone scintigraphy has become the most common non-invasive imaging tool for the diagnosis of transthyretin subtype cardiac amyloidosis. While a technetium pyrophosphate is available in the U.S. and the uh, predominant radiopharmaceutical uh, for, um, for, for this imaging, there are other agents uh, that are more commonly used um, outside of this country, specifically technetium-99M uh, DPD, 
uh, diphosphono propano dicarboxylic acid and uh, technetium 99m hmdp which is hydroxymethylene diphosphonate now skeletal muscle uptake has been described with dpd and uh, is is potentially thought to account for masking a bone uptake uh, that can be seen uh, in patients with grade three cardiac uptake patients, you know, where you don't see much of the bone. Additionally, there is suspicion that significant muscle and soft tissue uptake with DPD or other amyloid specific agents like uh, fluorobetapir, which is a PET agent, um, may point to the presence of amyloid myopathy um, you know, uh, outside of the uh, heart. However, uh, the presence of significant skeletal muscle uptake with other bone tracers, specifically uh, PYP, is unknown. Sperry and uh, colleagues investigate the skeletal muscle uptake uh, of uh, technetium uh, PYP in 57 patients who have a known diagnosis of transthyretin cardiac amyloidosis. They find no appreciable uh, PYP uptake in the skeletal muscle or other soft tissues on both qualitative and quantitative assessments. And there was no difference between those uh, patients who had either a grade three or a grade two cardiac PYP uptake or, um, or, or the presence of hereditary um, transthyretin cardiac amyloidosis. Thus, the authors suggest that the properties of PYP with regards to um, uh, uptake in soft tissues and, and extracardiac skeletal muscle may be different from that observed with DPD uh, and its association uh, with uh, uptake in non-cardiac uh, soft tissues. Uh, this uh, brings us to the end of uh, the review of uh, some select uh, uh, original articles. Uh, we encourage the readers to look at the many other articles that are also present in the journal uh, and that are accompanied by uh, scholarly and very informative editorials uh, that put not only um, the findings in perspective but also outline uh, future directions. Uh, we would really appreciate uh, the audience's uh, comments uh, about the um, the quick glance uh, as is presented both in the print online and now in the podcast uh, formats um, as we um, we achieve to improve um, you know um, the the system in place and also um, um, the um, the contents of the journal thank, thank you everyone for listening uh, this is fari and and pradeep and we'll see you for the next issue